Also, I just want to thank everybody. Before we uh, move on to, to the services, Alger shared, uh, my wife Karen, her, uh, hus- her husband. <laughs> Whew, baby, I'm next. No. <laughs> um, her dad, uh, Bob Kirkpatrick. Come up here, sweetie. Just come up here with me. Um, my wife's uh, dad um, passed away yesterday morning, and uh, Karen and I were, were uh, just really privileged to... Uh, to see him through that journey. And uh, it was powerful and it was awesome to release his spirit to the Lord yesterday morning. Karen and I got to do that. And it was awesome. But we just want to thank you guys for loving us through this journey. We've had food and prayers and texts and emails and all kinds of great things. But uh, we're going we're gonna to give you the details of the, the showing and the funeral later because we we're still working it out with the funeral home and where it's going to be, but it will be in Indianapolis. And I realize that not, of, not all of you can come to Indianapolis and come to that. and Please be released to not feel like you need to be obligated to do that by any stretch. But uh, thanks for praying for our family, and uh, we are doing good. We're just, uh, Karen had an, she had an amazing dad. And uh, so we're so blessed and so much joy and so much uh, just, uh, we, we can't just put words to it because love is amazing. Love is truly amazing. And so the tears that we're, we're crying definitely aren't tears of uh, sorrow, but boy, they are joy. And so is there anything that you want to say? Um, there was, but I forgot what I was going to say. Well, she's going through a lot, but thanks for praying for us as a family, and uh, the kids continue to pray for the kids. One the special prayer request that I have, though, is this. Please pray for Karen's mother, Suzanne. Suzanne is, is not born again. Uh, her dad was, but her mother isn't, and so right now she is really pretty much just disconnecting herself from the death and just getting her mind off of it rather than dealing with it. And so we could use your prayers on just praying for Suzanne. So that would be a great place that you guys could put your prayer to and that God would soften her heart and prepare her for salvation. Amen. So please do that with us. But thank you. Just wanted to acknowledge uh, we love you guys dearly and thanks for praying for us. Amen. Is that what you wanted to say? Amen. Praise God. Well, today um, we are going to have a really wonderful opportunity. Our, mis- our missionaries to Mexico are back, and they went to Mexico on a mission trip, and they are going to share about their journey and the testimony of what God has done. And so if everybody would just welcome the eight that went to Mexico. Come on up, guys. Welcome, welcome up, and we will turn it over to you guys. you all so much. Um, We are actually going to start with a couple of skits that we were able to do for the kids. We thought you might enjoy that and um, feel free to laugh. The first one is very funny. And these are skits that I actually learned um, on another mission trip that I went on. I was able to teach them while we were there and we were able to use that to um, minister to the kids when we went out and played with the kids and Yeah, so hope you enjoy, and then we'll share our testimonies. I would say that.
and um, um, so we used that. That was called the doctor skit, and we told the kids basically how that represents Levi was supposed to be Jesus as or he was the doctor, but it was as if um, kind of explained how that represents how Jesus took away our sins and our sickness, and so yeah. So and now the next one. This one's a little bit more serious. <laughs> so that was kind of the same idea. It was called the Ragman. So now we're just going to go through and share our testimonies. First of all, thank you all so much for your prayers and your support as we were there for the nine days. And we'll just pass it along. Um, last night as I was going through my notes, there were so many things that happened. Um, I think to all of us, um, I went just because I wanted to go to take my daughter on her first mission trip and, um, and draw closer to her. Um, well, apparently God had other plans. Um, so I'm just gonna read what I typed up um, to keep me on track here. Um, I wanna share about the awesomeness of God. So, in my life, um, those that kind of know me know that I feel like I need to work to help provide money for the family, and I feel like that's just something I should do. I shouldn't, I shouldn't be lazy and stay home with my kids and so forth. And so it happened that I signed up for a whole bunch of days before I left, but I didn't get to work any of them. <laughs> God had other plans. So about two weeks before the trip, I told God, I said, well, I guess this is all in your hands because... I don't get to work. I don't know what's wrong. So it was Saturday night before we left Sunday night for our trip. And we had $200 left to pay off for our entire trip between Hannah and I. And we received a $100 check in the mail. We only had to pay $100 for our trip total. Totally God. Um, so that was the first thing that I was like, oh, okay, God, I get it. You'll get, you'll provide, you always provide. Um, and then while I was there, again, like I said, I thought I was going for Hannah's sake. Um, it was more for my sake. It was for my sake and um, crazily enough for my son's sake as he walked out the door. <laughs> um, while we were there, there were so many things. Um, Cole told me before I left, hey mom, you know, just in case you happen to find a little boy that reminds you of me, just go play with him and love him. And, you know, if you can't bring him home, well, that wasn't going to happen. But um, but anyhow, we walked into the school the first day that we did VBS with the kids. And there was this little boy, chubby little boy, just like Cole was when he was about five, sitting on the, on the little bricks and just kind of sitting there swinging his legs, had fuzzy hair. And my heart broke. I cried for an hour. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't go play with the kids. I couldn't walk. I couldn't do anything. I just stood there. And I think at one point Tabitha goes, what's wrong? I said, I don't know. I'm just a mess. <laughs> it just broke my heart. The kids did there. Um, and then as we went into worship, then that evening, God said, you know, you came here more than just for your daughter. You came here for you to break your heart, to um, renew relationships with all your children. And 
and learn how to truly keep your love on. Um, that was one of my prayers several months ago. <laughs> um, Lord, show me how to keep my love on. And um, it just, these kids were so loving. They didn't care what anybody did. They loved you no matter what. One little girl came up to me and she had hung out with me throughout the day and she went up to her teacher. She goes, she American, I American now because I just held her and loved her. She thought she was, she had embraced my Americanness just like Father God wants us to embrace his love. He just wants to love us. So we need to embrace his love as he embraces us. So those are things that just touched me. Hola. <laughs> um, uh, like a year ago, before I like even went to this trip, I was prophesied on my um, first missions trip. On the third day, something like amazing was going to happen. And yeah, and um, <laughs> that's kind of the whole reason I went on this trip. Well, not the whole reason, like 70%. But um, <laughs> um, and I guess about two weeks before the trip, I was kind of like doubting my faith and stuff, and I finally had the courage to tell my mom, and I thought she was going to be mad at me and like take my phone and like do all this, <laughs> and but she just kind of smiled and shrugged and said, you'll change in Mexico, <laughs> and <laughs> um, well, on the third day, um, they had we had a gr we were a group and we had group seven and there was a bunch of other people and a lot of them had really cool testimonies because okay hold on our leader was going to choose one to share in front of like everyone and I'm like and uh, uh, <laughs> um, everyone in our group had like amazing testimonies and I didn't know mine was going to be chosen because mine was just really simple mine was chosen and I had to share mine in front of like how many people were there like 500 people <laughs> and um, so yeah, that's my prophecy thing, and, um, I met a little girl named Denise, and at the orphanage, and she's just like, oh my gosh, I miss her so much, um, she actually, like, can't talk, and she's, like, six or seven years old, six, okay, and, and she has green eyes, and she's just so beautiful, and what I learned from her is, like, that even if someone's completely so different that you can have, or even can't talk, you can have an amazing relationship. Like, you can have a relationship without talking. And, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, like, the second day, not the second day, the second to last day before we left, there was um, a devotion, and the speaker named don't know his name. Angel. And he was talking about, I'm going to sum up what he basically preached about was, people always say during worship, enter the presence of God. Well, if you're entering the presence of God, when did you leave the presence of God? So if you keep walking in and out of the presence of God, that doesn't make sense. He says in the Bible that you've already been in the presence of God when you gave your heart to him. So that's what I really wanted to sum about. And then there's this one little girl that I met, Maddie. She already had a family. She wasn't in the orphanage, but she um, was in the daycare. And she almost made me want to cry all the time whenever I saw her. And she actually, on the last day, she started crying before I left. And 
she called me mom all the time and she didn't understand a single thing I said half the time but she still said yes to everything I asked her so hey um, so um, during service we'd have like morning services um, there was a like word for healing called out for somebody's legs like someone who couldn't stand very well and um, I didn't actually hear the word being called out at the time but this guy came up and he was like he saw me sitting because I was sitting down because my legs were numb and so it was uncomfortable to stand and he asked what I needed prayer for and if he could pray for me and um, he didn't even hear the word that was called either and so I was like yes please and he prayed for me and in the middle of him praying my legs like immediately stopped being numb and they haven't been numb since so Last day. Oh, and I climbed the mountain the last day. <laughs> At, six At six in the morning. So we would go out in the community and do some treasure hunts, and we did them twice, I think. And um, the very first one that we did, we got some of our clues were sunflower, um, red shirt, eyes, and knees, and we saw a house with sunflowers. So we went there, and we asked if they, they, the people there needed prayer, and they sent us away to a different house. And that person, like, just a little boy was home, and so we walked away, and we saw the, his mom come back. So we asked if she needed prayer, and she said no. So we walked down this little alley, and a boy in a red shirt came up and said, will you, play for my, will you pray for my grandma? And we said, okay, what house? And he pointed back to that house. So we were like, okay, there's something about this house where we, we need to go there. So we, we went there, and we turn around to see where this little boy was, and he's gone. He's disappeared. So we're at this house, and she, the grandma needs prayer for her eyes and her knees. And we prayed for her eyes like three times, I think, and they're healed. Like at first she couldn't see at all without her glasses and she could see our faces. And then we were so excited about her eyes, we forgot to ask how her knees were after we were done praying. But we believe that they're healed. And then when we had um, a worship service outside and there was this girl behind me um, who was crying and I felt like I needed to pray for her. So Tabitha helped me. And we went and prayed for her. And um, Tabitha had some scarves, and she let us use those. And I feel like praying for, her name is Becky, but I feel like praying for Becky released a new freedom in me. Whew, I didn't think I was going to get emotional. But I'm still tired. <laughs> First of all, um, thank you for your support in every single way for supporting us while we were preparing to go and while we were there. And um, we appreciate the prayers and the financial support and everything. You provided service opportunities before we ever even left, and so you helped prepare us so much. Um, first of all, having the opportunity to experience this mission trip with my daughter is absolutely priceless. 
as I'm so grateful for the opportunity. And I have to tell you, the things that we're sharing, there are still so many stories that are going to come up. Um, we're still processing. The Lord is still working. There are undercurrents of things that He is still doing from this trip, and our lives are changed, and we don't even know how we're changed yet. Um, things kind of started out a little bit rough for me and Emily. Not only were we absolutely exhausted by the time we got to the Jesus Culture event, um, but some things didn't really go the way we kind of expected them when we got there. And it's kind of personal between she and I, and we were really emotional the whole first night. We ended up sleeping on the floor for three nights, which wasn't really the plan. And um, so it was rough. And I'm like, I refuse to miss what God has for me and for my daughter and for this team because I'm exhausted and because things aren't the way we thought they were going to be. And Emily said, I just want to go home. I don't think we're supposed to be here. I said, well, we're supposed to be here. And we're not going to miss what God has because this is part of it. Whatever this is, bringing us to the end of ourselves is part of the plan. So joy became my mantra, my word for the week, and Mary Poppins' attitude, right? Mary Poppins um, was brought up many times because Mary Poppins has a positive outlook on life and joy, and um, there's probably some more um, symbolism there. But my word was joy. I'm going to choose joy no matter what. So um, I wrote some things down because it'll be easier. Um, otherwise, I'll ramble because there's so many things I want to be able to share with you. But um, it was an amazing week. But honestly, I was really ready to come home. I was growing weary um, of not having my comfortable American, North American life. Um, I was ready to uh, sleep in my nice, thick, comfortable comforter, or my mattress, um, not on the floor. And um, I was ready to have indoor plumbing and not grab my roll of toilet paper and walk to the porta potty every time I'd use bathroom in the middle of the night. And I was ready to have my nice hot shower instead of walking outside over to the shower house to take a very short three minute shower. Um, but really, honestly, I mean, when we were coming home, I was thinking, okay, I'm, I'm ready for my comforts of my home. But as I've looked back this past week, those are not the things. The inconveniences are not the things that I really remember. The things that I really remember on our time in Mexico that I um, that have touched my heart are worshiping with hundreds of people, people I didn't know, people who don't speak the same language as me, and oh, the joy to be praising and worshiping the same God in different languages with people from all over the world. I also remember the hundreds of smiling children who enjoyed all the love and attention we gave them, and oh, the joy in their eyes when we showed up just to spend time with them. I remember working hard together as a team of eight, working hard as a team of hundreds to do sweaty, hard things I had never done before. Mixing concrete in the Mexican sun for three hours, digging a trench for a new water system, weeding a garden, things that we hadn't done that were hard. But I remember the joy of accomplishing something together as a team and we were serving the children and the staff of Rancho de Sus Ninos and owe oh, the joy to serve others to be able to accomplish so much. I also remember going into the communities, as Emily mentioned, and we were serving them by picking up trash and taking them water, but we were there to pray with them and to meet the people, and they have nothing compared to the things that we have, none of the conveniences that we have, but oh, the joy in their eyes and in their lives. They welcomed us into their yards, into their homes, their teeny tiny homes, into their lives to talk with us, to, to ask us to pray with them. And the joy, 
the joy in an old man who was all by himself as he held Emily's hand the whole time that we talked to him and prayed for him. And he hugged and kissed each one of us probably two or three times. And the joy in his eyes by the time we left because we had spent time with him and the joy of the Holy Spirit and the joy that it rubbed off on us just to spend time with him was precious. Um, the children's pastor, I forget his name, Heido. Um, he, one night we were at church service and we were working with the children and he gave a short message and I kept thinking the whole time, well, I hope these teenagers in my group are getting this message. You know how that goes. Like, I hope someone else is getting the message and the Lord's like, I hope you're getting the message. Um, and, um, the lesson for the kids that day was from John 13, where Jesus washed the disciples feet. He loved them so much that he served them and he set an example. Emily, would you hold this book for me? I just want to read something from scripture. At the end of that passage, after he had washed their feet, he said, do you understand what I have done for you? You call me teacher and Lord and rightly so, for this is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth. No servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you should be blessed in doing the same. And um, Heido asked the, posed the question, you know, what, how are you loving God by serving others? What are you doing to show the love of God to others by serving them? And I was reminded, that's what we came here for. Remember, choose joy. Choose joy when circumstances aren't like you thought because the joy comes from the Lord. And we are here to serve um, others. But as we were coming home, God said, we are called to serve, whether we're on a mission trip in another country or a mission trip in another state, we're called to serve and follow his example in the everyday. So what am I doing just to love others with God's love? What am I doing to serve them and to serve him every single day? And so that's what I'm still throwing around on my heart. God's working on me. And that's, there's so much more. Um, yes, this is my second time being here, and um, it was such a pleasure to bring all of them with me. Um, there were, like, like Michelle said, there were so many testimonies, and if you want to hear more, just come find one of us afterwards or anytime. Um, but a couple of them, the testimonies that really touched me were um, one of the days that we were there, um, there was this girl who... Well, well, when we first moved in, we were there were so many people because of the Jesus Culture event that was there the first three days. And um, so we were rooming with a bunch of the high schoolers that lived there, the girls that spoke Spanish. Some of them spoke a little bit of English, but not much. So there was not a whole lot of communication between us. But I, I honestly, I'm getting better at Spanish, but I'm not to the point where I can have full-on conversations um, knowing everything. But... Um, I was honestly kind of nervous to talk to them because I didn't know what they thought. I didn't know how to relate. I didn't know what to say. Um, but God was kind of talking to me and like, you need to start talking to them. You need to get to know them a little bit. And so finally, I, I, um, he put it in me, like asking this question. I, I was like trying to remember one of the songs in Spanish. And so I was like, okay. So I, I started talking to them and um, finally, finally brought the 
had the courage to have a conversation and, and it, God just helped me a lot. Like this time, um, last time I was there, I felt like I knew like very, very little Spanish, but this time he really reminded me of a lot of things. So I was able to have conversations with people and um, I started talking to them more. And especially this one girl was really touched by me talking to her. And um, later on that evening, she had a word for me that God gave her and really touched me, but she came over and she told me in Spanish and I was like, I got kind of maybe 75% of what she was trying to say. So I was like, would you write it down for me and I can translate the rest. But um, so she wrote that down for me and um, just how much God loves me and about my heart and it really touched me. And then I was able to also talk to her and minister to her a little bit um, she's been talking to me about every day on Facebook now, and I've been able to encourage her. And so that was really cool. And then um, also, um, I got three words from people, uh, three specific words from different people that were there. And one of them specifically was about um, me and how about how I'm going to be teaching. If you don't know yet, I will be moving to Texas in less than a month and teaching first grade for a year and um, nervous about that, but um, but one of the ladies talked to me and gave a word to me and just said how much she just saw how God was going to use the love that he's given me, the supernatural love to touch these children and how he's gonna be there for me. And so that just really encouraged me. Um, yeah, and there was another girl who was, she was there with another group from California, but she said she was Buddhist, and she was just there because she wanted to experience, she had friends that were, uh, friends and family that were there, and she wanted to just kind of see, she was, said she was kind of on the fence about things, didn't really know what she believed, and so one day I got to talk to her after lunch, and I just really encouraged her, and I kind of talked to her a little bit about, we compared, you know, Christianity to Buddhism, and, and I just told her how, how the difference really is that Jesus died on the cross and he, the love really and the grace that he has for us. And um, I was just able to share that with her. And by the last day of the Jesus Culture event, she was one of them that was up there speaking to the 500 and she just shared how she's no longer Buddhist anymore. And she didn't, and she just said God touched her. And um, yeah, so that really touched me. I was like, yay God. <laughs> But, um, so those were three of the things. And then the last thing was, um, God gave me a scripture verse while we were there. And I was studying about love and about why we were there. And also from John 13. <laughs> yeah. John 13, 34 says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So God was just showing me how we are there to love, to serve and to love. Like when we were with the kids, we had several opportunities to just play with the kids and just love on them and serving through the work projects that we did and going out doing treasure hunts and just loving on people. And that's really the whole heart of it. And so I'm very proud of all of these people um, that came with me, all these girls and my bro. And, <laughs> and um, 
when it got hard, they stuck through it. And when we were going out in treasure hunts, talking to people, they were brave. They were talking to people. They were sharing what God gave for them, praying for them. And, and so I'm very blessed to have them, um, to be able to go with them. And there is a very good possibility that we will be going again next year. So just be praying about that. I'll be praying about that. And thank you so much for all your prayers. So if anyone has any questions, um, we're open. Uh, if you have any questions, we can answer. Jesus Culture, um, we were they were doing the worship for in the morning service and the evening service, and then they were working alongside of us through the work projects and the when we we got to do the first day uh, team building activity and we did high ropes course. Um, that was pretty cool. And then working with the children, yeah. it was very hard. Um, I'm proud of everybody that we, we did it, though. And um, so they were working alongside of us through all of that. Yeah, yeah. Some of them, we had a translator from our group. when we, During the first three days when Jesus Culture was there, we were grouped with more people than just the eight of us and um, we had a team leader who also came from Jesus culture um, but then one person in our group spoke Spanish or if there wasn't somebody in our group they would have one of the Bible college students um, the kids that live there um, or adults that do the uh, school of ministry they have a school of ministry there and they would go out with us to all the treasure hunts so we'd always have somebody that spoke Spanish I was um, sharing with Tony or somebody, my sister, I don't really remember who, about, um, you know, a lot of times when you tell people you're going to go to Mexico, people, like, get really scared. You need to be really careful. And of course, we were cautious and careful, but we were also very protected um, by the covering of the Lord. But not one second of one day, not one moment did I ever feel afraid. When we were in the compound where the school and the orphanage are, I mean, we were you know, there's a wall around it and everything. You know, we didn't have to worry about that at all. But even when we went out into the communities, we always had someone from the ranch or someone from Jesus Culture with us. But the people, I have to say that in America, if someone walked up to me when I was in my front yard, I probably would have went in the house and shut the door. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want what you're selling me. And instead, they were like, hey, hey, wait, do you speak Spanish? Come back here. You know, they, they, they wanted our time and our our, our relationship with us. They wanted us to pray with them. They wanted to talk to us. They were so welcoming and so appreciative and so loving to us strangers. And I just don't see that very often here in the United States as a general rule. And so there was never fear. It was more just excitement that we were there. And why is that? It's because the Lord was walking along with us. There was a covering. Actually, those skits I learned when I was um, doing mission trips with Global Expeditions. So I did that. Um, I learned it from them. I don't know who actually wrote it, but I taught it to them. I'm so proud of them because I taught it to them, like, the day before we did it for the kids, and they did great. So, <laughs> yeah.
Yeah, the fedora. No. <laughs> I'm keeping this one. Lots of the kids tried taking it. <laughs> it was good. Yeah, whenever we were going around playing with the kids the entire time, I didn't have the hat on. <laughs> they were walking around with it, giving it around. Same with the scarf. <laughs> Did some tricks for the kids and just the people that stayed there for the Jesus culture. Well, thank you all so much. Again, feel free to ask us more. There's so many more testimonies we can share. And like she said, we're still processing everything. But thank you for your prayers because they do make a difference. So. Amen. Thank you, guys. Awesome. Mexico will never be the same, right? <laughs> Oh, that's good. Mike's going to share another testimony real quick. Mike, why don't you go ahead and uh, steward that. God, that? God's been doing some really, really neat things through treasure hunts and meeting other people, and all this is part of equipping the body of Christ to, to be Jesus. Amen. Gina, go ahead and come on up here. Um, did you guys understand what, what happened? One lady can see and another person got saved. That was Buddhist, and, and we got like a, yay, good job. Man, that's exciting stuff. A lady who could not see can see, and a lady who didn't know what she believed, she thought she believed Buddhism, and she gets up in front of 500 people and says, no, God's my daddy. That is amazing. That is good. How many of you ever run into a Buddhist and they say, Hey man, Buddha loves you. I was just sitting there thinking, I've never. I've, I'm sorry, I'm leaving you hanging, but that was exciting. How, I'm, I've talked to some Buddhists, and never once in the conversation does it come up. Well, Buddha loves me. Have you ever, think about it? Talk to talk to a Buddhist. They'll never say that. But I I don't know what conversation she had, but just sharing. Jesus loves you. Daddy loves you. And now she's saved. Her whole life has changed. That's amazing stuff. Good job, guys. I'm very proud of you. That is amazing stuff. Yes. Go, Jesus, man. That's good. Stand up and give him some praise. Thank you, Lord, that people in Mexico are receiving the gospel, that not just people are seeing and miracles are happening, but they're giving their life to you, that households got saved, that, that households who did not know you are now serving Jesus and saying, for me and my house, we serve the Lord. That's good stuff, man. And they got to experience that. And we need to foster and build that up. Great job, guys. You can sit down for a minute. But we have to give glory. We, we sit. I feel like I'm preaching. I'm sorry. I sit there, and, 
And we all want to see signs and wonders and miracles. I want to see my family saved. And we hear a testimony. Yay. Come on. God is good. And we have to celebrate what we hear. Man, that's awesome. Okay, hi, Gina. Are you nervous? Okay, good, 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 good. Well, the reason you, you've heard treasure hunts a couple weeks ago, we had young adult and youth up here praying. We equip through a tool called treasure hunting, just asking the Lord, learning to hear his voice, going out, seeing things happen. Because every day, if you will just ask, Daddy God will give you something to do. And it's as simple as saying, all right, God, get my attention when you're ready. And you just walk about your day, and then you hear Daddy say, hey, Gina. Ain't that kind of how it worked a little bit? Yeah. So she's going to share this testimony about what, I'm going to give you the mic. But this is the reason we equip inside the walls where it's safe, and it's fun, and you can mess up, and you can learn. But to go outside the walls to share the gospel. So I just went to get gas a normal day. I was in a bad mood, to be honest. I was running late. So I was like, okay, get put my debit card in, and it rejected my card. And I was like, great. It happens sometimes. I don't know why. It just doesn't like my debit card. So I was like, now I have to go inside. And I seen these people sitting out there, and I was in the bad area months, and I was like, great, local meth heads, look at you, begging for money, doing your thing. Instantly felt conviction. The lady was like, do you have any spare change? I didn't. I just had my debit card. I was like, no, I don't. I'm sorry. She was like, okay, well, God bless you. And I was like, oh, man, look at me. So I go in, and I get my gas, and I walk back by, and I go to pump my gas. The whole time, God just burning it on my mind. He's like, you need to talk to this woman. So I'm just pumping my gas away, and her friend come up, comes up to me, and he's like, are you sure you don't have any money? And I was like, you know what? I will get you something. I'll get her whatever after I'm done pumping my gas. So I get their stuff, and I go out, and the Holy Spirit lays it on my heart to pray for this woman. And I was like, all right, do you need prayer? And she grabs me by my arm, and I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh. This, and she drags me to the side. I was like, I'm about to get mugged. <laughs> and, um, but that wasn't the case. She just grabbed me and started bawling. And she told me, you know, that she had just became divorced, and she was homeless. And, you know, who am I to judge? Someone. Just when I walk by when I know nothing about them. And she gave her life back to God. And she told me when she walked, like, when she seen me walk by that she told God that if the next person she asked didn't help her, she was going to kill herself. Because God was not real. And if I hadn't been sensitive and listened, she may not be here anymore. And it was very humbling. Good job. You can sit down. So someone else gives their heart back to the Lord. That's amazing. That's great. Go, Jesus. And that's the importance. You never know. I think I said two weeks ago, you never know what's going to happen if you're just sensitive to hear and listen. The one word, the just showing. What would that take, Gina? Like 10 minutes, 15 minutes of your time? All right. Out of your week. Don't think about it per day. Think about she just gave 15 minutes out of a whole week 
to help somebody. Maybe the only food and drink she had all day, but then she gets more than that. She gets reconnected to Jesus and sees Jesus. So we have to think when we're out walking and doing our thing, just like Michelle said, there could be people out in the yard when you're you know, just walking along and you see somebody. Be sensitive. Listen, you could literally change your, the love, could change the life and direction of one person. And then that person can affect someone else. Who knows already what that blind lady who now sees who she's affected. What about the Buddhist who now lives for Jesus? Her life's radically changed. Think of all of her friends that she can share with. We need to be sensitive. We need to be open. Share the gospel. Love on people. And amazing things will happen. I love it. Man, now I'm, I'm pumped up. I'll give it back to you. Before. You just want me to... All right. Yes. Yeah, sure, go ahead. And this is where we have to get better. Can you see where the power of the testimony, it does something in the atmosphere. It really charges you up, and it gets you ready, and, it, man, it just puts a black eye to the devil. Amen. Okay, I, I have to share this side of Joey's testimony because um, it really is, I think it's going to speak to the heart of parents. So um, Joey was talking about how she had this moment where she was doubting her faith. And I had actually sensed it for a long time. I, you know, as parents, we recognize when your kids are beginning to question or when there's just like something that's not right or something that's going on. And her and I had some time together and we went to Muncie about a week before she left. And but backing up, this is the power of prophecy because there was Shrek prophesied that she was going to go on a long trip and on the third day that there was going to be something amazing that was going to happen that was going to change her life. And so um, I was clinging to that and I knew that God was going to get her, you know, God was going to touch her heart and there was this settling in my heart about it. And so we went on this trip to Muncie and on the way home, I don't even know, it was Holy Spirit and she just started confessing, like just pouring her heart out to me and she was in agony because... Her heart, like she had encountered God. She had encountered him at Harvest Christian Camp, and she saw this vision. But there was this thing inside of her heart that was just questioning his goodness, you know. And there was just all these questions that she had, and she wouldn't say them out loud until that moment. And do you know how when your kids start to do things and that panic happens inside of you? You know, you're like, oh, my God, oh, here we go. That wasn't there. It wasn't there. It was Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit was in that car with us. And I was at such peace because it was this thing where the Holy Spirit was just talking to me and saying, he was like, Shelly, I have this. I already told you, I have this. And there was this thing that happened, and this is what has to happen with our kids, is that our kids, as they grow up, they ride our coattails. They're on our coattails, and they're following Jesus. They come to church because that's what mommy and daddy do. But at some point in time, they have to make the decision to serve the Lord for themselves. They have to decide whether God is good or whether he's not good. You know, the transition has to happen. It's no longer my parents' faith. It is now my faith. I own it. It is mine. And that's what I knew that God was going to do in her. This is like, this is what happened in her. Is I And I just was like, Joey, I, we're just... God already knows what's inside your heart. He already knows it. I'm not worried about it. You're going to figure it out. You know, like, and I, and I knew, and it happened because I trusted God, and it happened because he's faithful to do what he said he's going to do. And so. Awesome. Praise God. Well, we'll go ahead and stand, dismiss service, okay? While you're doing that, I'm, I'll share one more quick testimony. Uh, and I can't remember if I read this or I heard this. 
But there was a there was a lady who was working on hearing the voice of the Lord and you know obeying and doing what the Lord said to do. So she's driving home from work, and the Lord tells her to stop at this gas station where she stops and gets a drink. And he tells her, go in there and stand on your head. All right, because the Lord will tell you to do silly, crazy stuff. And if you think you're in your comfort zone and, and, oh, I'm cool just talking to people and sharing Jesus, then he's going to take you to the next level. Well, why don't you go stand on your head? All right. So, you know, fighting back and forth with the Lord, whatever. Anyway, she, she gets to the gas station and she goes in and she just like she walks around for like 10 minutes, 15 minutes or whatever. All right, God. All right. I'm going to do this. She hasn't had anything or nothing and, and bought, grabbed anything off the shelf. So she just goes over to the corner. She finds an empty corner and she plops down and she shoves her shoves herself in the corner, standing on her head. And when she does this, the store clerk breaks down in tears. So she gets down, she goes over, and she goes, well, why are you crying? She, he goes, I just got done telling God all day that if you're real, you'll send somebody in here to stand on their head. So, and he got saved. So don't underestimate don't set we second guess and second you know thought and fight in our head man if you hear it i get this question all the time well how do i know how do i know dude if you mess it up sometimes that's part of the journey but i serve a god that if you're just stepping out into this that is so good that if you know anything about sports and you're trying to teach somebody something, and I've got my daughter, I've taught her how to play a little bit of volleyball. I don't stand back and throw the ball at her as hard as I can. I set her up so she will hit the ball every single time. I show her how to get in position, put her hands there. I got the ball, I'm this close, and I just throw it real easy so every time she's hitting so she learns what it feels like. She knows how to make the connection. She knows how to do what she's supposed to do. And Daddy God is the same way. If you're just starting to step out, do it. He will not lead you wrong. And that's the only way to really know is be like, all right, God, here goes. See, our Christianity is built on faith. It's not built on feelings. But we live in a culture that it's, I got to feel good, you know. She said back there, I, I want my comforts. I want this. It's about, it ain't about feelings. It's about faith and stepping out. What if we all started doing this? What if everyone in this room this week stepped out one time? What would the community look like? And what would church look like next week? Not just here, but all over the community. I mean, you just heard these people went and talked to people who spoke another language. Most of you in here know most of the people in Newcastle. You can't go to Walmart without seeing somebody you know. You can't go to Kroger's without seeing somebody you know. We got to step out and do this. We got to love people. Man, love, I don't, there's all kinds of prayer stuff that we could do, but I'm telling you, the greatest weapon against the enemy is love. The greatest weapon against the enemy 
is love. So Father God, Daddy God, we thank you that you are amazing, that people are getting saved, not just here in town, but in Muncie, Indiana, and not just in Indiana, but in California, and in southern Mexico, Lord, that you are using this church to send people out to affect nations, to affect this nation and other nations. Thank you for giving courage to a new generation coming up. Thank you for giving courage to all these people in here, Lord, that we are believing and knowing that we need you, we love you, we're going to serve you, we're going to go out, we're going to do your will. And the Word says that we are your sheep and we hear and know your voice. So, Daddy God, thank you for salvation, for healings, for this service. Thank you for Tabitha for leading this up, for just taking the charge and going. Thank you for everyone who went and supported the team that went. God, thank you. We love you, and we do declare that we have the best dad in the whole world. So be with us as we go in the community, that we will change the community and shower your love on people. Amen.